Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson. And as always, I'm so glad that you've decided to join us because every week we have this opportunity to uh, get together and to talk about growing things. Whether you're wanting to grow flowers or fruits and vegetables, we've talked about it all in the past few years, and we've got plenty more to talk about because as the seasons change, as uh, uh the temperatures, the weather is changing. We've got different opportunities to grow different things in the landscape. And then year after year, we find that there are new plants being introduced and there are old plants that we like to um, maybe rediscover once again. And so there's all kinds of things to talk about. If you missed last week's program, it kind of is actually beneficial for today's program because last week we talked about beneficial insects and how to attract them. We talked about um, maybe the top five or six beneficial insects and what you can do in your landscape and garden to make sure that beneficial insects come year after year, make your garden their home so that you have a great community, a great population of these um, insects. And I said it, last week's program goes great with today's program because today we're going to talk about growing a fall vegetable garden, uh, planting a fall veggie garden. We've got to start thinking about it now and soon. We've got to use the warm weather that we've still got here in August, September, and uh, probably most of October <laughs> to get our plants up and growing and get them strong enough so they can handle the cool weather. And the reason last week's program, this week's program goes together great is because there will be uh, issues. There will be bad uh, insects and bugs in your garden, your vegetable garden, even in the fall. But hopefully you can get some of those beneficial insects. So be sure after you listen to today's program, if you missed last week's, check it out at NewSouthernGarden.com online or on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, you can contact us Uh, on the website, NewSouthernGarden.com, and through Facebook and Instagram. But we do have a lot to talk about today, and of course, not enough time to talk about it. Uh, So with that in mind, we'll probably just go ahead and jump into today's topic of conversation, which of course, again, is planting a fall vegetable garden. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about sort of uh, general terms, uh, what we can be doing in August and September through October, Because, of course, this is the first weekend of August, so welcome to August, and you've got a lot of work cut out for you uh, this month and next month if you're going to be preparing yourself for a fall vegetable garden. Um, We're going to talk in general terms first, and then we'll talk about some specific uh, vegetables and some things you can grow and how to grow them, maybe some certain needs they have, so that when you are growing these crops, you won't be 
uh, surprised by what they require and what they would ask of you. When it comes to growing a fall vegetable garden, of course, you have to sort of know your dates. You have to know in your region, your area, when your average uh, first frost is for the year. Now, the average first frost is is interesting because we've had sort of uh, recent changes to the USDA hardiness zone map um, uh, just maybe a decade ago or so. um, The the zones were set at uh, one level, and now we see that uh, things have warmed up. So they have shifted. They have shifted. For instance, um, where we are here in northeast Georgia, now we may range very far north, maybe used to be in the sixes, and then, of course, as you get towards the uh, bottom of the Piedmont, uh, used to be like in the low sevens, zone seven, Uh, But now a lot of the zone 7 is becoming zone 8A, and so some of the 6s are becoming 7s. So we've seen uh, a little bit of shift or change. So where traditionally, when we were in zone 7, or at least where I garden, uh, I I love to think of October 15th as the average first frost. Now again, that's just the average. That's just the average. Some years it could be before the 15th of October, and of course some years it could be after the 15th of October. However, now that I'm gardening in Zone 8A, I'm sort of looking into November as my average first frost date. Maybe around the beginning of November, um, if you're on the lower half of Zone 8, you may be looking at the end of November or so before you get a frost. So be sure that you look up the information that's associated with where you're growing, what zone you're growing in, because that is going to be critical. In order to calculate the planting date for your fall crops, you want to uh, determine that first frost date and then count back from there the number of days uh, to maturity plus 18 days for, say, the harvesting of the crop. Now, really, this is if you're doing uh, crops like beans and cucumbers or squash, all right? So you can still get in. We're not going to call it, we'll call this a late summer, all right? Let's, let's call this a late summer rather than true fall uh, because you can grow things like snap beans or potatoes, uh, cucumbers, squash. I've already mentioned those. You can plant those uh, generally this month, say beans and potatoes probably around the middle of the month, August 15th. But things like cucumbers and squash, you could, you really could get those in the ground by the end of August or the very first day of September, we'll say. Uh, and that, that surely might give you a, um, a harvest before the frost. So if you're looking to grow some more warm-loving uh, crops, be sure you find out your first frost date Count back from that date uh, the number of days to maturity, which we're going to talk about some number of days to maturity on certain crops, and then add just 18. Add, you know, maybe half a month so that you can squeeze in the harvesting of that crop. So with that in mind, say snap beans. Snap beans mature in about 55 days. That's less than two months. Um, If your frost date, say, is November 15th, which is probably the case for maybe where I am, maybe a little further south, uh, but you should be able to plant right at the beginning of September with those calculations. So again, uh, the simple math is just find the first frost date, 
count back the days to maturity for your crop and then add 18 more days uh, in order to harvest the crop. And, and that recommendation actually comes from the University of Georgia Extension and uh, is very helpful. It's very helpful because a lot of times when we get to this time of year, you know, when we get to spring, we're usually planting our vegetables when it's warm, when it warms up. But if we are getting into fall, and I've had a lot of people ask me this question, even within my own family, is how do I know when I can plant my last crop of certain things or when I can plant maybe my first crop of the year if you're getting started late? And you can surely do that here in the southeast. We in the southeast have been blessed with this climate that is very warm. We have long summers, uh, mild winters, and so we can essentially be growing something in the vegetable garden all year long. It's a wonderful thing. Now, now that we've talked about some of those warmer crops like cucumbers and squash and beans and potatoes, which potatoes doesn't like, don't like it hot, but they still don't like frost. Um, so they're always tricky. But now that we've talked about some of those, what about some of those cold crops or cold, C-O-L-D, cold crops that can handle uh, winter and cold weather? We need to be thinking about growing those sooner than later because uh, growing things like broccoli or le- uh, cabbage, lettuce, yes, uh, collards, kale, some of these crops that are quite resistant to cold weather and in many cases frosts uh, and sometimes freezes. Um, When we're talking about these kinds of things, you know, uh, some of them don't like very warm weather. So we don't grow a lot of, say, cabbage in the summer because the summer heat tends to make them want to flower rather than grow their nice leafy heads. And so the concern is, you know, in the spring, maybe we can get by with putting them in while it's cooler. But when we get into the fall, the question becomes is, is it too hot to start at August? Is it too hot to start in September? What about October? October tends to be quite warm and very dry. Historically, October uh, in our region here in Northeast Georgia is is our driest month of the year. But with that in mind, we really do want to get started sowing our seeds while the weather is still warm uh, and while particularly the soil is still warm. If we wait until we're getting um, cold again or chilly, then it may be too late to really start uh, a seed Uh, to to encourage a seed to germinate. And so with that in mind, if you're planning to um, grow your own seeds, you can surely start them indoors. Uh, You can start them outdoors. Um, We probably would give them just some afternoon shade. That's what I like to do. It's not necessary. But if you're starting some of these things like broccoli and cabbage and cauliflower from seeds, probably give them six to eight hours of morning sun Keep them moist until they're germinated and then make sure they have plenty of water as they grow. But if you're starting your own, you got to do it pretty soon. If you don't plan to start your own uh, fall vegetables from seed, you want to buy them from a plant nursery, a a local garden center. It's a wonderful thing to do. Keep the uh, local economy going, right? But if you're planning to do that, then you can maybe wait a few weeks because you probably won't even start to see those fall vegetables showing up in a garden center till maybe end of September uh, or into October. And so depending on the route you want to take, that surely is something you can um, you can look forward to. We just got to plan ahead. 
You just got to plan ahead. And of course, another option is to not necessarily start them indoors or start them outdoors in a shady spot, but go ahead and plant them directly, sow the seed directly into your garden beds. And like I said, we're going to talk about when to sow uh, certain crops. And then later on, we're going to talk about some of the unique characteristics and growing conditions that other crops need. Maybe we'll do about uh, five or half dozen of those. But generally, we do want to start our broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, collards, kale, even onions um, in a, like I said, half-shaded area for setting out in, in September. So we can do that this month. We can start sowing these cold crops, if you will. I like to call them cold crops because they can handle the cold. But we want to go ahead and start those now and then get them out in September. Now, another thing to do now is to uh, prepare uh, the soil for those September or maybe October plantings of these cool season crops. We want to uh, go ahead and apply our fertilizers. We probably should have already had a... Uh, uh, you could probably this month go ahead and get your soil tested from the University of Georgia, or if you're listening outside of the state, uh, your county agent, uh, county extension office, should cooperative extension office. They've sort of changed their name throughout the years, but that office should be able to help you get your soil tested. Um, then if you go ahead and maybe turn the soil over, or if you're in raised beds, you don't really have to do that. Make sure weeds are gone. You're not wanting to apply fertilizer and feed your weeds, so do any weeding. But if you're turning the soil in any kind of area in your garden, uh, doing that in August is going to help settle down the rows, uh, sort of soften the soil even further, create a nice seed bed, so that when you are seeding uh, your crops, they have uh, a great seed bed to start in. Now, being sure that uh, watering uh, may be a thing. Remember when we get to October, I said that a lot of times the uh, the watering situation might be an issue, particularly in October. So be sure that you've got a plan for water. Usually over winter in the vegetable garden, we don't need much water. But there could be a need early on, particularly if you're sowing your seed directly. You want to make sure those seeds are staying moist, not wet, but not drying out until they germinate, until you see those first leaves open up. And so be sure that you're looking for that. And even if you're transplanting, those transplants, you know, if they've been in a nursery, been in a container, they've been getting all the water they need. But as soon as they get put into your garden soil, they're going to expect what they've been getting so you want to make sure they've got plenty of moisture too uh, so yes drought can happen particularly in those early days we don't want to drought a uh, stress drought our plants so that's kind of what we can be doing here in august but when we get back from this break we'll talk about some things we can do in september and october and probably we'll be harvesting by the end of that time so hang on tight Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share 
whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Well, gang, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about getting your vegetable garden for the fall ready, going ahead and making preparations. Before the break, we were talking about some things that we need to be doing now, this month, in August. Um, It's always a little difficult, at least for me, uh, to really know when is the ideal time to plant some or start some of these fall vegetables that we love and um, absolutely can cherish all winter long for the most part. It's always hard to know when because it's still hot and you think, oh, well, it's too hot to start them, so maybe you wait. But the reality is if you wait too late, then it's not warm enough for these little seedlings to get up and growing, germinated, and doing their thing. So again, just to summarize what we talked about, we still have some time, maybe through the end of August, uh, to plant things like snap beans and potatoes and cucumbers and squash and still get one good harvest before the frost comes on those. But looking forward to what will carry us over maybe into November or December and some of these will carry us over through the winter. We may not harvest some of these like cabbage for months to come. Uh, but some of those, we want to go ahead and start the plants, go ahead and get them going, um, get them planted in some containers maybe if you want to sort of baby them. I like to baby my seedlings to start out and put them in a half-shaded area because many of these cold crops like cabbage and broccoli, they can handle a bit of shade early on in particular. Uh, and then we're preparing our soil. We're preparing our soil because in four to six weeks those seedlings will be ready to be planted that'll be september and october uh, which will be a great time to plant them in the garden preparing our watering situation will we need some kind of irrigation are we going to hand water maybe uh, use a hose or or maybe use uh, a watering can whatever is going to work because as we're planting these new seedlings which will be upcoming in a month or so we want to make sure they don't get uh, stressed out with drought and september and october can be brutal uh, for moisture so be on the lookout for there but once we get through august and i'll probably remind you in a month what we need to be doing in september and october but just so you know that when we're getting into september october we're getting cooler weather we're getting cooler weather so you can take that time to continue to plant or transplant things like beets and broccoli cabbage collards uh, carrots lettuce mustard onions radish spinach turnips the list goes on and on we'll talk about some of those today in detail Um, but really this is another time to get a second planting of fall crops like collards and turnips and cabbage mustard and kale some of the things that can really overwinter when it does get cold you can use september and october uh, to start a second crop uh, which is wonderful but remember you'll want to also uh Get mulch down, probably refurbish the mulch so you can suppress weeds because when you're planting a fall garden, you're not so so worried about summer weeds, but you will be worried about winter weeds. Remember in the southeast, 
We're in a great situation, folks. We've got two glorious seasons, summer and uh, winter, for two different crops of weeds, okay? So if the crabgrass uh, didn't get you too bad in the summer, just wait, because the chickweed in the winter uh, might be there as well. But again, you want you can uh, go ahead and add things like malt leaves to the top of the soil as a mulch. When October comes and you start getting leaves fall, don't bag them up and throw them away. Put them in the vegetable garden. I really do need to remind everybody when we get to October to do that. It's a wonderful thing to do. Or you can compost them. Make a compost pile. Just don't throw those glorious leaves away. Um, But with that in mind, um, you know, trying to keep those leaves that are falling in a compost situation or putting them back into the garden is going to help to uh, sort of create a reservoir of nutrients. You're storing nutrients, a wonderful thing. And again, be on the lookout for water as we go through September and October. Um, But with that in mind, you may start to be harvesting by that time. And remember, when we get, before we get to our first frost, (laughs) be sure to Harvest things that are already ready, like if you still have tomatoes going, peppers, uh, things that like it warm, they will not last through the fall like some of these others will. Um, And so be sure to harvest those consistently and definitely, if the weatherman says a cold night is coming, a frosty night is coming, be sure to bring in any of those tomatoes and eggplants and whatever may still be pr- productive. Bring those inside or a frost will damage those fruits, that's for sure. And I know some folks who uh, will try to protect their tomato plants. They'll cover them with plastic, cover them with a bed sheet even, uh, just to try to trap some heat when we have those first frosts. And that can be beneficial. I've seen it work for many people where, you know, we have a first frost, but our warm crops like tomatoes and peppers, um, normally they get hit and it'd be over. But if you protect some of those, uh, you might get a few more days of, of productivity with them. This is a wonderful thing. So that's sort of the timeline of what we're looking at. You know, this is that weird transition between summer, between summer and fall, where some things are going out and some things are coming in. So tomatoes, uh, peppers, squash, you know, you're going to be harvesting those. Uh, you're going to be winding those up. Uh, around the same time that we'll be planting those cold crops like broccoli and cabbage, cauliflower, mustard, mustard greens, uh, radishes, things like that. So with that in mind, let's talk about, uh, before we, you're coming up on a break here, but um, before we get into some details on a handful of crops, I do want to go through, I have a list of 15, uh, 15 plants that you can grow. And I made this list out because I, I wanted to show show you that if you uh, think we you can't do a lot in the vegetable garden, you're sorely mistaken. Because of course, like I said earlier, really in the southeast, for most parts of the southeast, we can grow something all year long. Now, of course, if you're uh, blessed to be living in southern Florida, you can do whatever you want any time of the year, I guess. Uh, but up here where we do have a true winter that gets below freezing in many cases, many times uh, over the winter, we can still do a lot of things. So let's go alphabetically. You can grow beets, and you would want to go ahead and start those between August 1st and September 20th because they take about 55 to 65 days to mature and be ready to harvest. Then you could do broccoli. You Kind of the same. We could start those here the month of August up until September, get those in the ground in September, and you'll have two months to uh, 80 days. 
60 to 80 days until broccoli is ready. And then again, you should be able to do one more second planting. Cabbage, now cabbage is quite a lengthy crop. It takes at least 70 for some varieties, but some Varieties take 120 days to harvest. That's four months, give or take, four months. But again, August 1st to October 1st, you can plant those, get those in the ground. That's in any time you're ready to go uh, this month. Then carrots. Carrots uh, take some time, 70 to 95 days, depending on, you know, you can eat a carrot at any point. Um, but if you do want a certain size, uh, a carrot, the large like imperator, imperator style carrots, um, those may take the 95 days because they're so big. But you can start those later this month, about August 20th into the middle uh, or 15th of September. Cauliflower, uh, you could actually start at it maybe a, about the middle of July because they only take 60 to 75 days. But we'll talk about cauliflower a little later. Uh, and then collards. We'll talk about it later too. But it's up, it's up to be planted right now, uh, August 1st to September 1st. They take between 55 to 85 days uh, to harvest. And I think you kind of see where I'm going with this. Some other things you can do is kale, lettuce, which lettuce is wonderful because if you're growing a leaf lettuce, it's ready to harvest whenever you're ready to pick the leaves. <laughs> Once they get up to size, you just pick a few leaves off, uh, take them inside, make a salad, and then more leaves on that leaf lettuce will come. But of course, head lettuces could take uh, up to 85 days maybe in order to mature. But they can be started as late as the 1st of September and October 1st. Mustard greens, green onions, and bulb onions. Now, bulb onions take some time. Uh, green onions may only take two to three months, but uh, bulb onions, in order to be harvested, they may take up to 120 days. As a matter of fact, if you plant them sometime in October into early November, uh, you will probably be leaving them all winter long and harvesting them sometime um, near spring of the following year. Uh, then, of course, uh, let's see, radishes. Now, they're a no-brainer. They're simple and easy. Radishes, 25 to 30 days, and they can be started as late as October 15th. Uh, spinach, kind of the same thing as late as October 15th, but only 40 to 45 days. And then lastly, number 15 is uh, turnip greens. Love some turnip greens. They can take less than two months depending on when you want to harvest them. So as late as September 15th for planting. Folks, we can do a lot of growing and when we get back, we're going to do just that. Hang on tight. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back for the second half of today's program here on New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson. And before the break, we were uh, talking, well, all day we've been talking, and we're going to be talking about uh, the fall vegetable garden, getting it planted, starting uh, to plant a fall vegetable garden. Because last year, I sort of uh, failed to remind you when is the appropriate time. And it's always right here at the end of summer when we get to August that we can really get going. Now, I still consider September and maybe most of October summer, but it will start to get cooler 
Uh, hopefully. <laughs> and of course, um, it'll still be acting like summer. We may have some showers. We may not. October tends to be historically our driest month here in the Northeast Georgia area. But History can change, right? Well, history can't change, but maybe the future can change. Maybe this year we will have plenty of water in October because that's really, September and October is really when um, the powerhouse of growing a fall vegetable garden goes because as, as, as we get cold, uh, plants aren't going to grow as quickly. But yes, we can start plants a little too early. Um, a neighbor of ours, I don't know them, we just drive by their house when we're commuting here or there, but I've noticed they have a small little raised bed uh, in their back garden. And it's a wonderful thing because I, I see a kid's playground and kids are out there on the playground sometimes. Reminds me of us, um, me and my wife. But anyhow, right now, they still have some kind of, uh, it may be kale, which we're going to talk about here. Um, but it's some kind of brassica, uh, some kind of leafy green coal crop. Uh, and it's growing now. Now, they started that garden in the... Um, in the spring and it just shows that some of these crops that can handle cold weather some of them can grow well over summer probably the the most well known for heat and drought maybe not drought tolerance but heat tolerance <laughs> is the collard green which i do want to get to uh, because it's just a classic one for here in the south uh, and it just shows that some of these plants are quite versatile and you can grow some of them almost any time of the year. So don't worry about it being too hot. That's why before the break, we did talk about growing and starting your seedlings for say kale, collards, whatever. Starting these fall vegetable garden seedlings in a half shaded area. They really are quite shade tolerant plants as well. And so by giving them a little bit of shade here when you're starting them in the later half of summer, when it's still quite brutal, uh, the sun is so intense, it's high up in the sky, it lasts all day. I would love to give them morning sun, but afternoon shade. Six to eight hours from seven o'clock till whatever that would be, uh, three or four. Uh, giving them that, but then giving them that break as soon as three and four o'clock get here, it's really, really brutal. Really feels like all day is brutal here lately. But with that being said, I do want to go into some of the details about certain crops. Now, I haven't picked these uh, five or six crops uh, by any reason, except I like them. I like to grow them. And one in particular, I, I don't necessarily uh, love to eat, uh, but it's interesting the way that it grows. We'll talk about cauliflower a little bit later. But the first one I want to talk about is kale, because kale has really made uh, a statement in our gardens. Not only do we use kale in the vegetable garden, but kale can be very attractive, it can be a very cool ornamental plant. Uh, we grow them, of course, alongside flowering things like pansies and violas and snapdragons in our flower beds, but we can also grow them in our vegetable gardens. And usually the leafy uh, ornamental plants you see with pansies in flower beds usually those are, are most likely a kale. Sometimes we call them ornamental cabbages, and some of them are. But in uh, uh, most of the time, though, those really pretty attractive, you know, sometimes 
pink foliage, white foliage, purple foliage, variegated green, white, and purple, or red foliage. Those, those are really kales, and some of them work very well in the vegetable garden. I'll mention a couple that you can grow in your, in your ornamental garden and also harvest and eat and bring in the kitchen at the same time. It's wonderful. Um, but again, kale, to start off, let's talk a little bit about what it likes. It does like cool to cold weather. It does like full sun, but it can handle light shade. And of course, the soil, if it's well amended with rotting organic matter and compost, uh, it also likes the soil to be cool and moist. And those are the two things that we get for sure over winter weather. Now, you can sow uh, kale indoors six to eight weeks before your last frost. So go ahead and get that started now uh, sometime this month. Or you can sow them directly outside, uh, particularly when the soil temperature reaches 65. Uh, you could do that in the spring. Um, well, I should mention that 65 degrees in the spring uh, for the soil to be it would be a good thing. Uh, but then in the fall, you can direct sow them right now and into early fall because the ground is definitely warm enough. Uh, but how, how deep do you sow kale? They're quite a large seed. They're maybe a little bit smaller uh, than, say, a tomato seed. Uh, so no deeper than half an inch. Uh, you can just barely press them down below the soil so they stay moist, uh, but we don't want to bury them too deep. Now, kale germinates quite quickly. In maybe a week or 10 days, you will have a seedling. And the reason we do need to uh, sow them kind of uh, in the late summer before things get cool in fall is that the germination temperature needs to be around 70 to 90 degrees, which is very easy to get in the month of August, is it not? Um, but with that being said, after four to six weeks, of course, uh, you can plant them into the vegetable garden. And the spacing for kale uh, can be as close as 10 uh, or as far apart as 18 inches, any further, and you're going to probably have more weeds grow because the plants will have more space between them, that light can penetrate, and weeds will grow between. So don't feel bad to plant them fairly close. And of course, 50, uh, 50 days to harvest in general. Uh, some of them, some varieties may take longer, but again, what you're doing is you're harvesting leaves. You're not waiting for a fruit. You're not waiting to cut the entire plant. And that's what we need to talk about when you're harvesting uh, kale. Be sure that you're starting by harvesting the lower leaves as they become... Um, become to size where they can be harvested, just pick those leaves off because the plant will continue to grow vertically and continue to put out more leaves uh, left and right. You do need to think about some care for your kale. It is a very low maintenance plant in general, but it will give you faster growth and more vigorous growth if you provided a, a steady nutrient supply. So be sure maybe every two to three weeks as it's growing to give it and maybe an organic fertilizer, uh, whatever kind of fertilizer you prefer, just make sure it's well balanced. We want to make sure there's not really any zeros in that ratio. Uh, we don't want a zero, zero, five. We would like to have uh, numbers uh, in all three of those uh, those placeholders there for your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So uh, well-balanced every two to three weeks um, as far as fertilizing needs. Now, aphids are common, but that's going to be kind of later on in the season. So uh, usually just 
blasting the plant with a, a steady stream of water uh, from your hose pipe is going to blow off the aphids. And the kale is quite indestructible. It's very tough. It can handle that stream no problem. But of course, insecticidal soaps may be uh, something you want to look into. So with that in mind, I think that kale is a winner. You know, it's highly nutritious, uh, quite easy to grow. Uh, it can definitely handle a lot of the weather that it's going to be thrown its way, a lot of the cold, and uh, even continues to grow very very well into the early part of spring. So it's going to be in the garden for quite some time. Now, lettuce. I love lettuce, of course, because uh, lettuce is just uh, a, a, a wonderful thing. They're very quick to grow. They germinate in maybe five days up to two weeks, depending on the variety. They like the weather cool. They may not like it cold. Uh, so you might need to protect these lettuces. But Lettuce is a wonderful plant to grow in a container. And remember, lettuce can be very beautiful. Some of the foliage is bright green, chartreuse uh, Some of it's a richer green. Some of the lettuce is red and purple and bronze. And so growing lettuce ornamentally is uh, two-in-one. You know, growing it as a pretty thing in a container, but then maybe harvesting the leaves as it continues to grow. Now, remember, when it comes to lettuce, there are different types. You know, you got like the butter lettuces, which are harvested like butterhead uh, lettuce. They're harvested as a head, but their leaves are a bit looser, not as tight as like iceberg. But of course, iceberg produces those crispy heads, uh, uh, style that we all know from uh, probably like me shopping in the grocery store, my grandmother, that's all she ever bought. But then there's the loose leaf lettuce or the the leafy lettuces, which don't make a tight head. And these are probably some of the uh, more, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, Mr. Producer, kind of, um, uh, uh, I'm losing it, uh, not... I am losing it. Anyhow, they're in style. They're in vogue. They're popular. They're, uh, they're what everybody's looking for. Trying to find that word is going to kill me. Uh, but, of course, they're easy to grow in the garden because, again, like I said, with the leaf lettuce, you just harvest a few leaves, make your salad, and then come back a few days later, and you're ready to harvest more. But then there's the romaine. You know, they do make a head. It's quite tall and vertical, and those are wonderful uh, things to grow. But the key... When we're growing lettuce, the key here is to get quick growth because quick growth in lettuce is going to give us the sweetest tasting lettuce. So the more fertile your soil is, the more nutrition your soil has, the faster your lettuce is going to mature. So you, before you plant your lettuce, if you've sown them in pots and started them, before you put them in the ground, be sure to amend your soil with generous helpings of compost, manure of some kind. Uh, nitrogen is going to be critical. You may want to use higher nitrogen fertilizers, uh, whether it's organic or not, uh, whatever you like to use, because nitrogen is going to boost and push that leafy growth. And leafy growth is exactly what we need when it comes to growing lettuce. Think about it. We don't care about the flowers on the lettuce, even though they're kind of cute. We're not going to eat the flowers. We're not going to eat the little fruit pods, which are insignificant anyways. We're not going to eat the seeds. We're going to eat the leaves. So we want to make sure that when we are pushing growth, we're pushing nitrogen because nitrogen is going to push that leaf growth. Um, now, remember, uh, uh, lettuce has shallow roots. It stays kind of surface. Uh, the roots stay near the surface. So you want to make sure they're provided consistent water. 
If you're growing lettuce in the cooler months, it's not as big of a concern. But if you're growing it any other time of the year when it's hot, and especially on hot days in the early days, make sure that we provide enough moisture that the soil stays moist but not wet. We do not want wet soil. And, you know, a good layer of mulch after you plant it is is going to help maintain uh, sort of the proper moisture level and also protect the plants. Now, I should mention that lettuce comes with a number of problems, maybe. Uh, They do come with aphids and armyworms, flea beetles, slugs, snails, thrips, whiteflies. They all love lettuce as much as you and I do. Um, And so maybe using a floating row cover uh, in your vegetable garden or if you're growing it in a pot. Now, a floating row cover is a lightweight material. You can find that online um, if you'd like, maybe in some of your local garden centers and and box stores. Uh, But it's just a lightweight, uh, not really woven, but pressed material that is going to uh, float on top of the, that's why we call it floating row cover, and it's going to help protect the plants from those larvae and the bad bugs that we talked about last week. But of course, if you have slugs and snails, look for that iron phosphate. Uh, That's something to think about. Um, The best time to harvest lettuce, when you decide whether you're harvesting the whole head or whether you're harvesting just a piece of it, just a few leaves, harvest it in the morning. That is key when it comes to lettuce. Harvesting in the morning is critical because the morning is when the leaf is most full of moisture. If you do it in the middle of the day, well, those leaves are going to be kind of wilty a bit. Uh, They're going to be less turgid. But regardless, as soon as you bring them in, dump them into some icy cold water, leave them in there for just a few minutes, and they will rehydrate even more. Well, when we get back from this break, gang, we're going to talk about growing things like carrots, cauliflower, and collard greens. It's going to be tasty, so hang on tight. We'll be right back. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. (laughs) At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Well, gang, uh, today on New Southern Garden, we're talking about growing some delicious vegetables over fall and into winter. Of course, many of these will persist if our weather (laughs) stays nice. Uh, I still think, even today, you know, here it is, first weekend of August, and I still think of that terrible, you know, single degree uh, winter we had in December last year. Its effects are still around. So hopefully we'll have some great weather uh, to grow our fall vegetables, even maybe all winter long. Regardless of how low the temperature gets this fall, if you're growing a vegetable garden, I would say eventually you want to invest in um, covering, having some kind of row covers so that you can extend growth throughout the day. Uh, What happens is, of course, during the daytime, 
Um, we have usually nice weather. It's usually not very cold, but it can be. And so um, if, if it warms up, we're in the 60s, maybe even 50s, you're getting some growth. But if you have some covers that you can put over your uh, plants, cover them in plastic, you know, when it's really hot or rather when it's really warm, I guess, over winter, you can open this plastic covering so that the plants don't uh, scorch. But then overnight, if you if you cover them by the time you get home from work, uh, maybe late afternoon, four or five o'clock, then that plastic will help trap ground heat around your plants. Whether you're growing cabbage, uh, cauliflower, kale, carrots, radish even, it doesn't really matter what you're growing. The idea here is that uh, you're keeping a little more ground heat right beside the plant, which is going to spur on a little more growth. So your crops come in faster. Um, not only do they come in faster, but they will also uh, come come uh, come in longer, if that makes sense. You're extending the time that you can grow. Of course, if you have a greenhouse, you can do anything you want to over winter. But for folks who don't have a a greenhouse, just a simple frame over your plants uh, with plastic covering is a wonderful thing. So before the break, we talked about kale and lettuce. Uh, now I want to talk about one of my favorites, which is carrots. I love to watch carrots grow, uh, even though some of them can take some time to mature. Uh, 60 days, which is quite some time. Uh, that's a couple of months, but maybe even up to 100 days for carrots, but it's worth it. It is worth it. It all depends on the variety. Now, they love full sun, but they can do some light shade. It's not a problem. Uh, the climate they like is, is really, if you want the sweetest taste, we need the cool weather. But they can take down to the cold if we do a little season-extending help, which is what I was referring to by covering that row of carrots with plastic, uh, trying to keep them uh a bit warmer when it's very cold. But uh, we really don't want to harvest uh, carrots in the summer when it's really hot. Um, even though they can grow, you just probably won't have the best flavor. So be sure to use this time and early next spring to grow your carrots. It's a wonderful thing. And of course, you can, you know, pickle them, put them in vinegar. Uh, you can freeze them if you want to put them in soups uh, throughout the summer. Soups. Who eats soup in the summer, right? <laughs> but of course, uh, putting them in a refrigerator or a root cellar, uh, they will extend uh, their harvest time there. Um, we don't want to sow our carrots in small containers and then put them in the ground. It is best to sow carrots directly on the soil or where they're going to grow. Now, if you don't have a big back garden, if you don't have a big vegetable garden and you want to do uh, some carrots in containers, carrots in containers are perfect because uh, containers are deep and the deeper your soil, the more straight your carrot will be. So I love to use potting mix, maybe use some uh, composts uh, or, or some kind of um, um, soil conditioner with that compost, uh, but lightweight uh, no heavy clays in a container, just use light soil because you'll have straight carrots that don't fork and don't uh, crack or, or, or push this direction or the other. Um, that will be a, a wonderful thing. Uh, Danvers carrots. I love the Danvers. They're usually called Danvers half long. It's the one that I grow. They're an orange heirloom variety. Uh, it does tolerate a little heavier soil, not a super big carrot, but probably average six to eight inches. Um, that's a, that's a very good one. There's another one called Dragon, 
which is kind of cool because it's a purple skin carrot and it has this very orangey flesh. Uh, they can be about seven inches in diameter. But be on the lookout for carrot packs of seeds for carrots. Uh, the wonderful thing to grow in the landscape and in the garden. Uh, and like I said, you can grow them in a container very easily. You get some beautiful carrots because of that. Now, cauliflower. I don't think I've talked about cauliflower on the show before in previous years, maybe just here or there, but cauliflower is something that's not my favorite. As a matter of fact, just this this week, my wife did sort of this chicken and rice thing, but guess what? It wasn't rice. It was riced cauliflower. I took a bite, and there was some rice in there. She said she did a mixture. <laughs> I thought, you can't present cauliflower as rice. That's just... That's just wrong. That is just wrong. No, it was it was nice. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. But they can handle cool to warm uh, season. But again, that the uh, heat will cause them to bolt. So now is the time to get going. The biggest thing I want to talk about with cauliflower is to make sure that as they're growing, you are wrapping the leaves around that cauliflower head. If not, um, the flavor may change a bit. They they really do. The cauliflower itself needs to be shaded. Um, if you don't, if that uh, cauliflower head is exposed to sun, you won't have that classic white. Now there are some yellow and orange and sort of purple. Um, uh, heads, which may you may want to treat differently, but regardless, they will turn a, a, a weird color, usually sort of a purple, but it's going to destroy sort of the, the flavor, and, and that's what it's about. We want the uh, flavor to be there, so if you don't have a variety that naturally hides its uh, center, uh, the flower head right there, if, if it doesn't naturally hide from the sun, you may have to do that by pulling the leaves from underneath, wrapping them up in the top, and then tying a rubber band around the tip. It's strange, I know. Strange. But uh, that's one of the things that we really need to be looking for. Oh, and when it comes to cauliflower, being sure that your pH is spot on. So get a um, soil analysis of that area for your cauliflower. It needs to be in the range of 6.5 to 7.5. If it falls outside of that range, Oh, you can get a problem that is uh, called club root. So make sure your pH is right before planting because that will cause some headaches later. Now, the collard green, the collard green, a few notes on that. Super Southern. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite varieties is called Georgia. And Georgia is a classic heirloom from pre-1880. Comes uh, comes a long way from our vegetable gardens. It's been around for a long time. It's reliable. It's carefree. It has tolerance to heat, has tolerance to frost and fluctuating temperatures up and down. You can almost grow it any time of the year. But uh, if you grow it over the cooler season, it tends to have a bit more flavor. So be sure that's probably the one you'll see most of is Georgia. It is just a wonderful, and it's not picky about soil quality. Um, I would still feed it, uh, feed it well, feed it well-balanced, but uh, you don't have to overfeed it. You will know your collard leaves are ready to be harvested when they're about the size of a dinner plate. That's something critical to know is when do you harvest collards? Now, in big production, they will harvest the entire head, the entire stalk of the collards, and you may buy them as a bunch, but you can harvest them leaf by leaf, which is going to extend your growing season because harvesting leaf by leaf keeps the plant alive just like you would do your lettuce or your kale, uh, but the collard plant will continue to grow and you will continue to have uh, those delicious collard greens pretty much all winter long. 
Well, gang, I hope that this week you take some time to make some plans about your fall vegetable garden, get those seeds in the ground. And for WRWH 93.9 FM and New Southern Garden, I'm Nathan Wilson, and I hope you stay well and grow fall vegetables well this weekend. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.